Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And today's guest is Bernard Elwood, who's the CEO of Codale Minerals, a junior explorer with a primary focus on the media exploration and definition of the lithium mineralization at the Boogaloo Project in southern Mali. The company holds a prospective suite of gold assets in West Africa as well. Um, Bernard is a geologist with over 20 years experience. Um, in the mining and exploration um, stages in a variety of commodities in Australia, Europe, South America, and West Africa. Um, it'd be good to hear to, um, to good to hear from Bernard, um, and I've got him on the podcast so he can explain how Codell have recently announced a series of encouraging updates relating to their gold portfolio in West Africa, plus up that, plus an update on relating. Um, in relating to the mining license over the Baguni um, Lithium Project in Mali, um, which will be one of the largest mines in lithium mines in Africa once in operational. So that's that. No further ado, and that's welcome Bernard to the podcast. How are you doing, Bernard? Great, thanks, Rob. Thanks for the introduction. Yeah, and I appreciate your time. Uh, we're recording this later on in the day, and it's there. I know it's uh, pretty late there over in Perth, um, and very hot. So I really appreciate your time. Um, no Wondered if you can uh, give an audience um, a little bit of uh, background about yourself, um, just so uh, so listeners can be familiarised with um, with your background. Oh, sure. Look, um, as you said at the start, I'm a geologist and uh, run Codel Minerals as CEO and uh, been doing that since 2016. And it's been a really great challenge for me and a really interesting opportunity and been having a great time with this company. But my background really, I'm a, as I said, I'm a geologist. I was born in Melbourne in Australia, uh, famous for its gold rushes back in the 1800s, but uh, in more recent times, really quite a, um, a, a bad area for a geologist to develop. And while I enjoyed it at university and, you know, I guess like a lot of people actually had a great time at uni, went to uni to become a chemist, but, um, ended up becoming a geologist because it was a really interesting subject, indoors, outdoors, chemistry, science, physical work. Um, but when I graduated, it was pretty uh, difficult in Melbourne and I took a job over in Western Australia. Actually, uh, my first job was with a branch of De Beers exploring for diamonds in Western Australia and um, a really good start, really interesting move for me. Uh, moved to WA and started my career and moved from diamonds to a bit of iron ore and then into gold. And um, I think a lot of your listeners will know that WA is famous for its gold fields. Uh, Kalgoorlie, obviously world famous, massive gold field. And uh, I worked all around that region for about 12 years. And uh, again, a couple of things on a professional basis. It was a really good uh, learning and development opportunity for me. Um, really fun time and good success. And uh, 
made a few discoveries along the way that are now open pits and operating mines, which is um, something to look back on. And personal level, started a family and have uh, kids who are now true blue Western Australians and look down at us Victorians, but um, I can cope with that. And after, after a lot of time in the goldfields, I looked abroad and, uh, again, geology has been a really great career for me. It's taken me to places I never thought I'd be. And you mentioned Europe. Well, I worked from uh, Siberia with a really uh, good bunch of guys on gold projects over there. Had an interesting time with a high-grade gold project in northern Greece. And, again, interesting challenges, different geology great opportunity, South America and uh, Africa. And probably from the last 10 years or more, well, actually, sorry, the last 14 years or more, I've been a lot focused on Africa, particularly West Africa, and um, found it a really interesting place, a great challenge to work and a great opportunity. It's one of the places I go to on a professional level. and feel that the opportunity for discovery is still great. And uh, that's one of the reasons that we are there as CODEL is that we look at the opportunity and number one for us was uh, the opportunity to get hold of the Lithium project. And we see that as um, a a company maker for us and an opportunity to join this uh, green energy revolution the foundation starting with the spodumene concentrate from our project, but also the gold projects are fantastic. And we think we've got opportunities for more discoveries. And that's what um, that's what keeps us going at Codel. Yeah, certainly. Why don't you then give the audience an overview of Codel Minerals? Sure. Well, Codel, we're aim listed. Um, we've mainly we are focused primarily on West Africa. We have a lithium project in Mali called the Baguni Lithium Project. It's about 180 kilometres south of the capital. It's really a good part of the country. It's dominated by primary industry, farming, but uh, also major mines in the area, gold mines, include Marilla, Soyama. Um, People probably aware of Jan Falilla through through the London connection. And it's it's a clearly pro-mining, pro-development country and um, our, our lithium project there is was first highlighted by a World Bank study and um, we realised through our connections that we could get hold of some of that ground where there was known pegmatite hosted mineralisation completely underexplored but um, identified and we were able to get hold of that so that's been our focus since 2016 and um, We've put a resource together. We've got a feasibility study completed. We've lodged our mining license application, which we expect will be uh, finalised shortly. We're fully environmentally approved. Um, We have a major shareholder who is associated with the Chinese carbonate manufacturer, and we have an offtake agreement in place. So we're really well advanced for, um, you know, when I explain that us as a junior company have put all this in place. I think a lot of people are surprised at uh, how we've been advancing Baguni. But on top of that, as you mentioned, we've got some really interesting gold assets. And just recently, earlier this year, we announced we acquired a project in Mali called the Fatu Project. 
um, consists of two concessions. Uh, and why we really like this project was it's already got an existing resource. A previous Canadian company compiled a 43-101 standard resource. We think we've got a great opportunity to expand that, to define that further and, and demonstrate something more robust and something more significant. And on top of that, we've got our advanced projects in Cote d'Ivoire, where our Nile project for the last few years has been in a joint venture with Resolute Mining, a, an Australian gold mining company. Um, they've managed to do quite a bit of work at, uh, at uh, Nile in particular. They've had some great success with some uh, first pass drilling and, and follow-up drilling, defining zones of mineralisation. But unfortunately for them, they haven't been able to spend enough money uh, to, to confirm a position in the project. And that's coming back to us 100%. And we're actually really excited to get in there. We think we can provide a greater focus and perhaps Resolute were. They were distracted with a lot of other projects. And, and we think we've got the opportunity to expand that, to define mineralisation. And we're, our target is to define a resource there as quickly as possible. So... We expect to have two projects at resource level quickly. And then just recently, we announced our Dabakala surface geochemical results, which I, which I think are super exciting. We've got results up to six grams per tonne in surface sampling um, in an area where previously had been extremely underexplored, no, no drilling, um, all the work's been completed by us. Prior to us being in there, there was actually very limited artisanal workings, but now um, there's quite a focus of artisanal workings probably following up our work. And we think it's highlighting a really exciting prospect. Early stage, of course, as I say, it's only geochem, but uh, when we see results up to six grams and multiple samples over one gram per tonne from surface, we're pretty excited about getting back in there. So CODEL, two-prong approach, lithium long-term, part of the future, part of this green energy development that I think is going to be uh, key worldwide, and then gold. And uh, I think that's a mainstay for a lot of West African companies. Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, obviously, you're focusing on West Africa. Um, why is this a region so appealing to both junior and major mining companies? And I, and I suppose yourselves, how comes you, you dedicated more of your time in that region? Yeah, well, I think, look, that's a really interesting question. And, and I think first and foremost, the answer is people are interested in West Africa because of results. And uh, you look at a country like Ghana, it's um, major gold industry, major gold producer. Uh, and you look at the development that you see in Ghana, and then you look at the way that's spreading out in the West African region through Burkina Faso, through Mali and Cote d'Ivoire. You've got a pro-mining uh, area. You've got a group that are interested in development. And key to underpinning all of this, of course, is you've got really, um, really prospective geology and the Barimian sequence of West Africa amongst geologists is, is world famous. It hosts major gold mines. And realistically, I would still state that I think overall the Barimian is quite underexplored. Um, probably we're seeing a lot of focus of 
expiration from only the mid to late 90s. And in some countries such as Cote d'Ivoire, really serious expiration from around 2010. So, you know, it's not a, it's not a region that's been picked over extensively. Um, but as I said, you know, in, in pun, one of the reasons I like going there is still this feeling of um, feeling that you're going to make a discovery and that's what drives people. And I think that's what uh, you see both juniors and majors can access ground, can explore ground, can uh, undertake exploration at a reasonable cost and feel that there's some good chance of, of, of making that um, valuable discovery. Yeah. Um, your obviously background is in gold exploration and development. What has tra- attracted you uh, to the lithium industry? Obviously, I know with um, EV coming onto the market and the green economy, um, but why have you sort of dis- uh, had more of a focus on lithium at the moment? Um, as opposed to obviously your background being in gold. Yeah. Oh well. Look, again, again, kind of an interesting question to me because I'm, I'm more along the thought process to say that I'm an exploration geologist first and foremost, and you know I, I take that from the initial acquisition of projects, uh, deciding which areas that we think are prospective, um, right through to resource definition, uh, feasibility studies, and, and commencement of mining. You know, I've worked in underground gold mines in Australia. We've worked in open, open pit gold mines, as I said, work in Russia. And you see a whole lot of different approaches to mining, to resource definition, and to exploration. And I, I would say that my, uh, my, real, my, my professional sort of focus is on undertaking good quality work that I think exploration can be uh, a, a good exploration geologist should be able to explore for for lithium in this case pegmatite hosted vein hosted mineralization or gold or copper or nickel um, and really undertake that process properly and one of the one of the I think one of the main things about exploration is to make sure that you understand what the uh, economic consequences of what your program is, and really you want to spend the right amount of money to actually be able to reach a decision point. And for us, why we're looking at lithium, and this is more of a company uh, view, is to say we saw the opportunity. We recognise that the lithium market was uh, going to be a long-term market, that it was a fundamental change, that there's um, green energy, what we hope will be our product that we produce from the Baguni operation. And um, we see that as a great result for Codel shareholders, as well as us participating in a greatly expanding market. So, I still see myself as exploring and developing a mineral project. In this case, it's a lithium one, but we're also working on gold. Yeah, okay. Um, with the lithium market being, I suppose, quite bumpy over the last uh, past few years, um, what do you think the future has in store for lithium investors and developers? 
Yeah, look, I, I'm, um, again, I don't know whether I say really contrarian or just have stood back and always taken this longer view that says that you can't stop this progress. And this progress has commenced. Um, you can see there's overriding interest from governments and from populations to affect uh, environmental change where, they, where possible. And one of those things that people think can be a key component of that is energy storage. Uh, and that for us is lithium ion batteries are obviously the best that we know of at the moment. And uh, they can hold a lot of charge. They can discharge as required. They can be used for vehicles. They can be used for storage of green energy on a large scale. They can be used for um, into, you know, putting into existing uh, infrastructure networks. And so we, we think that overall, yes, there was some ups, you know, some fantastic ups and prices surging and huge interest and, and there's some downs. And uh, some of that relates to market forces outside of what we see as the longer term play for lithium. In some cases, maybe you could argue that the excitement got ahead of reality and uh, brought it back. Um, but right now we're seeing a probable shortage in supply um, and we're seeing probably a far more significant increase in demand than was expected. So yes, there's always bumps along the road, but for us, the road still looks great ahead. And um, you know, I'm not gonna promise it's gonna be smooth sailing, but there'll still be some changes, but overall, we see it as a uh, long-term exciting market to be in. Yeah. With um, someone that's been involved obviously in gold as well, what would you say the main differences are between a gold project and a lithium project? And I suppose I don't mean from a technical and process um, perspective, yep. looking at it from a, um, I suppose, explorer going into a developer and then obviously yep. moving forward into production. What, what are the main differences between the, the, obviously the two types of uh, commodity and minerals? Well, look, I, I... I think I explain it one way, and that is to say that when we think of our project, spodumene concentrate produced from a pegmatite, so a hard rock open pit mine, essentially we're talking about a bulk commodity. So we're looking to produce over, over 300,000 tonne per annum of the concentrate. We're looking to truck that out and ship it to a final end user. It's a significant component of the um, overall cost of the operation is that transport and that concentrating process. It's overall, you know, you're paying about, um, we expect to receive over $650 a tonne when we're in production for our concentrate. It's a gravel, you know, it's, a, it's not a high priced commodity. When you think of gold, you're talking about something in the order of $1,700 US an ounce. And you know, you can carry the ounce in your hand, you can fly it out, it's a precious metal. You know, there's multiple uses from jewelry through to high-end electrical products or industrial uses as, as required. Long-term historic uh, 
acceptance of it as a storage of value, as a you know pseudo currency, if you like. And and I guess this last year we've seen some um, dramatic times, obviously with the COVID case. And uh, back in March, people last year will remember there was a bit of a very strong market correction and. Uh, normally around that time of uncertainty and concern and you see a strong pushback towards gold and uh, gold mining and exploring companies that that tends to lead to interest in their projects, share prices or uh, ability to raise funds or in general, just more profitable operations. And so realistically, we're dealing with two different styles of commodity, a bulk commodity that we're selling um, that will be, in my view, part of considered the energy market, technology market versus a gold, precious metal, currency, much easier to manage and sell. And, you know, you've got a, you've got a, a clear differentiation there. Yeah. Um... As obviously as we're obviously talking about lithium, I just want to move over to sort of gold for for a minute. Um, you're sure. advancing obviously um, several key gold assets, um, yep. some of which have returned to uh, Codell from a joint venture with Resolute. Um, yep. What's your plan with these gold properties? Um, move obviously moving um, forward. Yeah, look. Ultimately, ultimately we see these assets as having great value. Um, we want to spend some money on them. We want to improve those assets. We want to really put a, a fundamental basis to them that says here are some defined mineral resources that can then move into development and mining operations. Ultimately, we see Codel being a lithium miner at Baguni and developer and we are a junior company. We recognise that. We want to focus and we want to do that as well as we can. So we've been saying for a while, we're looking to crystallise the value of those gold assets. And whether it's through a uh, another party joining us in that exploration joint venture style, or we're looking to uh, have a party earn in to take a share of those operations, we see that as being a great benefit to, to us, the company to our Codel shareholders and actually make getting the best result for those gold assets. So ultimately, um, I think we're going to see great benefit for us being able to focus on lithium as well as having these gold assets developing. We've incubated them. We're looking to grow them. We're looking for someone else to really make them flourish. Yeah. And what's the potential of these gold assets? Well, look, like I said, the, uh, project we acquired earlier this year, um, the, late, the last resource estimate that was put out on it was about 350,000 ounces of gold from surface. It uh, was pretty focused work. It had a lot of uh, potential to expand that. Um, there was two clearly defined targets both of which had been drilled reasonably. Only one of those had been taken to a resource we think we can expand that. And I'm, I'm looking at you know, a significant increase as soon as possible on that project. Um, and the, and the Neelay project hasn't had a resource estimate at the moment, um, but it's got a significant number of, 
wide, good grade intersections that, in my view, looking at the geology, they, uh, they form a consistent body that we can interpret over a strike length of over a kilometre. Um, it's open at depth, it's open along strike. We see that also having potential to, with proper drilling and proper uh, geological control, move to a resource. So I see us being able to uh, have a significant gold resource to Codel's name within, uh, you know, by the end of this year. And, you know, I can't really, can't really say a size, but I'm saying right now that 350 is really, really a very base start for us and we expect to significantly improve that. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of speculation about the start of a commodities super cycle. We mentioned obviously this before uh, we're recording this. Um, yep. Are there any other commodities that you, that you feel like you want to get exposure to? Or are you happy with the, the precious metal battery mix that you've, you've got within your portfolio? <laughs> well, I guess I'd like to, uh, I'd probably answer that with first and foremost, Rob, a bit of an investor hat on and say, look, you know, my, my investments, my personal investments, uh, I've got a bit of exposure to copper, a bit of exposure to nickel. I think both of those uh, are all part of what we're seeing as this um, battery battery commodity. Um, I like, obviously like gold, and I think that's going to be, be strong. Um, and then, you know, the fundamentals of things like iron ore still look to me to be, be very strong. Um, we're still seeing lots of infrastructure development, uh, country development, you know, massive programs that require a lot of raw material. So um, the super cycle idea, I often get a bit concerned about people throwing that phase around. Um, but one thing I do say when I see um, way, the way things are at the moment, um, it's a great time to be a geologist. You know, there's lots of work for us around uh, we at Codel have got a great team of geologists. We're probably looking for one or two more. Um, and I think it's hard to get good people. And that's always a sign to me that there's a lot of activity. You know, drill rigs are busy, drill rigs are turning, um, projects are being brought and sold, and uh, people are, are being able to make development. So that's the kind of thing I see that says to me, we're already in a bit of a... Um, significant upcycle. Um, will it continue? Yes, I think it will continue. You know, my crystal ball says a couple of years at least um, and probably different from some, some previous times where you might have seen um, some of the sort of 2010 to 14 or earlier cycle was a lot of iron ore, um, huge success aluminium huge um, but now we're seeing this as a multi-commodity uh, focus and as I said copper nickel gold lithium iron ore um, it's all it's all really strong at the moment yeah and I think it's I think it's a good time to be in mining and I think we have got quite a good few years ahead of us um, I think there's going to be a lot of money entering the industry as well um, yep 
you yep. mentioned you touched on one thing about it's hard getting good people. What are your thoughts? I mean, obviously, I'm a recruiter. What are your thoughts on, I suppose, the people cut that are coming into the industry? If you are looking at the younger younger generation, um, obviously, we're recording this in 2021. Um, there seems to be some of the universities around the world that are cutting or freezing, pausing their yeah. mine engineering degrees. Um, yep. I think there's been a quite uh, quite a, a big lag of people studying degree related subjects within mining and going into the mining industry. There's been a lag for quite a few years. And I think it's that is getting worse. And you just mentioned about it's good to get hard people. How how are you going to see this in, say, five or 10 years time when these guys that or girls that are studying these subjects should be going into management? There's going to be there's going to be unsupply of managerial that are, that have the good technical capabilities moving forward. Yeah. And I suppose what is the answer? What is the answer to sort of fix what we have been seeing over the past over the the, the past few years? Yeah, look, that, that's a really good that's a really good question and a really difficult uh, difficult problem. To address and and I think in some ways it reflects what you hear a lot of people talk about of a boom and bust cycle and um, you know oftentimes mining reflects that quite quite dramatically sadly and you'll hear a lot of layoffs and shutdowns and you know basically no money um, no money for any work and and people need to then shop around and you know there's always a joke of uh in the down cycle every taxi driver is a geologist or you know a mining engineer or whatever they are you know it's it's that happens um how do you how do we counteract this so i'm not really sure i know other than what i would say is i i get disappointed when i hear things like universities are cutting degrees and and, and moving out of mining related subjects and the reason I'm disappointed not is because of you know a, a bias well it is obviously a bias I, I think what it's doing is removing a, a quality uh, training and education and science-based subject from people who you know it is a niche industry um, and I say personally geology has been great for me but I do recognise it's not a it's not a job that's everyone suited to or or would like or even understand. But there's a lot of people that it is good for, and I think they're going to miss out. Um, and longer term, the industry suffers because we don't have that diverse range of people coming through, new ideas or new interest or or that sort of young you know enthusiasm. Um, we need to foster that as an industry to ensure that people see there's opportunities. And I think, uh, you know, historically, and, and we wouldn't, mining industry is not different from lots of other industries where someone young coming in gets thrown out to do the worst job. And if they can't cut it, they're just chopped. And that's that's not a great way to treat people. No one likes to be treated like that. Um and the mining industry, I think, has worked pretty hard over the years to make sure people have uh, good rosters. We recognise that, you know, you don't mine in, 
You don't mine in uh, London. You don't mine in, in capital cities like Perth. You know, you do need people to go out to the bush. You do need to make them... Uh, you, need, you do need to provide reasonable conditions for them, and that's, that's always been improving. Um, so I think the thing to, to really make it interesting for people is to ensure that we show that we've got a, an interesting long-term job, uh, that we've got opportunities for people to grow and develop, and that, you know, I guess also as well, you know, you can earn good money in mining, You've got to admit that you you will be away for a while, and you will be out of the, your um, you know, your university pub scene, which you know, I, I guess, like I said, I loved it, but um, reality sets in after a while, and you've got to get out and earn some money, and yeah. mining mining lets you do that. Certainly, um, obviously, if this sort of continues with sort of um, universities cutting courses, hopefully, it's just it's just a phase, hopefully. Mm. But yeah. with the lack of people coming into the industry, do you think that mining companies should take it upon themselves and obviously the industry should take it upon themselves to somehow overcome the lack of skills when the younger generation coming through? And if so, yep. how, how can they, what can they do to form something so this, yep. so this we can reverse this, this sort of trend? Well, look, I think, you know, we're not, we're not alone and I, and, and I can't speak for what's going on in the UK, but I do say in Australia our, our technical TAFE colleges have been terribly cut, you know, our, our plumbing and electricians and, um, you know, all that sort of, again, again a primary industry, building-related, infrastructure-related, that's, that's being hurt really badly and, we're missing a lot of kids coming through with this idea of taking on an apprenticeship and learning how to get into a trade. I look at I look at what we do, and um, yes, there's certainly times when you need the you know the super smart academic geologist and you know the guy who has lots of experience and exposure. But what we like when we have these guys come to our site and look at things is actually we want them to train up our guys. And we want them to pass on some of their experience so that our guys are always learning, learning new things. Um, other jobs I've worked in, we've taken people who've started off as, you know, as a field assistant who works with a geologist, and we start training them up to do more of the, you know, more technical side of the job. And I think companies can offer a lot in terms of training i think companies can offer a lot in terms of um expanding all their workers uh all their workers skill base and that's that is going to help um but ultimately we do need just to make sure we keep training professionals um that they get good uh mentoring when they take on companies and we need companies to understand that sometimes you know I've, I've looked at some great exploration projects. I think they're fantastic and I think they're going to find it. You know, we, we do lots. We think we've got the next big one. And they, they don't turn out, sadly. And there was something missing, some ingredient we didn't understand. But that doesn't mean that you don't follow up with the next lot of exploration because that's, that's your bread and butter. That's your, your base for your next lot of mines. And, 
if companies can't um, keep supporting that, then the industry will slowly grind to a halt. And that's yeah. what I think is, you know, you need the universities for the professionals. You need the companies to be training and mentoring their staff. So it's a, you know, it's a multi, again, again, it's not an easy question you asked and I can't really give an easy answer. I think it's a multi-faced, multi-faceted approach required. Yeah. Well, hopefully it will reverse somehow if there is going to be a super cycle and yeah. the industry will have a better image it's going to be more in the media a lot more, hopefully for the right reasons. And then yeah. those encouraging those people to look at mining and look at looking, even just looking at studying that. So hopefully if we are at the bottom of that kind of yeah. area, um, hopefully with what's coming over the future uh, with the whole green economy, hopefully it will put a good, image on, on on mining as an industry and for those and for those students that are looking to get into a, an industry hopefully mining can be one of those picks and hopefully yeah. that will hopefully that will kick start um kick start yeah. and ha make have the mining as a better image than it has been in the past look i think that's really important and and i think also we've got to emphasize that we have a range of range of opportunities from you know you're you're out in the bush field geologist mapping working with the drill rigs right through to the very technical the very computer oriented the very scientific based um you know the treatment process for a lot of ore is uh, very complicated chemistry very interesting for lots of people we use geophysics we use geochemistry um there's a huge range and we're not just uh, you know take your shovel and dig a hole sort of operation. And if people think that they're, they're way behind the times um, and we offer people a great range of opportunities. And that's what, that's what I like to emphasize to people that it's not just mining. There's a whole lot to it. And it's a very complicated business. It's a very uh, intensive business. And we need the full range from accountants through to your guys on the ground and um, mm. it, it works it works for me and I think there's lots of other people who do well out of our industry yeah certainly um right moving on and sort of concluding um I wondered if you can give us an outlook of Codel Minerals over the short sort of short and medium term maybe over the next yep. three to five years what what the future is yep okay well look uh, immediately as I said at the start we we actually have a mining license application in, in Mali for our Baguni Lithium project. Um, our understanding through our discussions with the government is everything from our side is complete. We're waiting for them to finish off uh, a bit of their bureaucracy moving back and forward. And um, we really anticipate getting that license shortly. Um, but sadly, shortly could mean a month, shortly could mean a bit longer than that. Um, but we anticipate getting it. And from then, our focus then is to really move on Baguni to look at that development. We have uh, an MOU with the Chinese infrastructure specialist group called Sino Hydro. Um, they're actually out visiting our site. Uh, well, I'm going to say tomorrow because we're recording it now, but tomorrow being uh, sort of late February, out to site again to do a, another review of the logistics and um, 
management of that project. Um, we've got our offtake partner who's always been keen for us to move to development. So I see us moving through the process then of looking to uh, finish a feasibility study on Baguni to demonstrate the ability to finance that operation and then look to start construction. And that's, you know, that's going to be a great challenge for us. And that's the next two years sort of tied up moving through that to actually constructing, to, to completing construction. Um, I think that's going to be great for us. And, you know, we're, we're talking about this super cycle or, or, or EV revolution or electric green energy revolution. Um, we think we're going to be coming out into a perfect time in that. You know, we, we, we'd be able to supply a good product um, into a, a high demand market. And that's going to be fantastic. We see then the gold operations as well, and that's that's a that's a focus for us over this field season right now. And when I say field season in West Africa, we have a wet season that starts around July um, through to end of September. Rainy season, very difficult to operate and and move around. So we we have a field season outside of that. So between now and July, we're going to have intensive drilling at our Fatu project in Mali. We're gonna be drilling at our Nile project in Cote d'Ivoire. We're gonna be completing some infill geochemistry at Dabakala and looking to do a maiden drilling program there in, in Cote d'Ivoire. So um, intensive field work, gold projects, um, looking at our development opportunity at Baguni. So three months, gold, longer term, lithium, gold will carry on for the next you know, 12 months as we move into the next field season and, and look to crystallise those assets and, and move into development. And I guess then we're a company that uh, looks at opportunities. And as I've sort of said a lot of times, I think West Africa offers lots of opportunities and um, we'll be looking to expand CODEL further and whether it's trying to acquire additional lithium projects in West Africa, or perhaps even getting involved in other gold projects in West Africa or other commodities. We're really interested in um, developing our company. So you're looking basically to grow grow further if the right opportunities yep. come to you. Yep, exactly. And yep. look, we've got a good team, very familiar with West Africa, good team of geologists, good corporate support in the UK, good uh, consultant experts that we can call on Australia and Africa and, and again, UK. Um, we've got a very quick, proactive team that can uh, assess and move on opportunities quickly. Mm. Bernard, really appreciate your time. Thank you very much for uh, um, explaining uh, Codel Minerals to us. Um, if our audience wants to reach out to you, um, how can they go about doing that? They can get, get hold of me through CODEL and any of our announcements have my contact details on them. And, you know, we have uh, our PR people. We have lots of people. There's lots of ways to get hold of me. Questions, I'm happy to answer. Yeah. And are you on any social media platforms yourself or, or CODEL? Uh, we, do, we do LinkedIn. We do. Uh, we have a Twitter profile where we, where we you know, we, we try and make sure we spread a bit of the news about Number one, Codel, of course, that's our, that's our love. 
Um, but secondly, we spread a lot of news about what's going on in West Africa, what's going on with the lithium market and, and mining stories in general. Um, so, yeah, we, we do Twitter. We do, obviously, we have the LinkedIn. And um, people would have heard me on other interviews, Rob, I think, talking about Codel and what I, what I see is going on with the, with the mining, mining industry. Yeah, no worries. Appreciate your time, like I said, Bernard. Um, all the um, social media profiles will be accompanied in our um, show notes accompanying this, uh, this podcast. Um, and those that are watching on the YouTube channel, appreciate if you can like and share below um, so more people can listen to uh, Bernard's story and also obviously Codel Minerals and what they're, what they're looking to do in the future. So I um, hope you guys enjoy listening. Um, certainly got some uh, good, uh, good information there. Um, and please follow Codell Minerals um, and see and obviously see their journey. So until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.